Okay, episode 14, Barnsey and James, Taipan Woods. Here we are in the shed. Back in the shed. Ready to go. Ready to go. Let's go. Well, I, it's kind of a sad sort of start, boys. I didn't want to uh, start it this way. A bit of a bit of a less we forget with uh, Alex Chumpy Pullen, the flag bearer for the last Olympics with our Winter Olympic team, passed away at Palm Beach Corumban yesterday in a uh, spearfishing accident. So just want to pass out, I suppose, our condolences. Um, obviously, a bit of a legend in the, uh, obviously, snowboarding community, but just sad, mate, those accidents happen yeah. um you know Woody, you would have done a bit of spear fishing in your time when you might oh a little bit not not a lot he was he's he had a trainer that was uh it was really good at all that breath work stuff yep. he was quite he yep. was amazing at it himself really yeah good athlete uh two-time world champion i think yeah he was yeah for he was. downhill and yep. Yeah, like three, he, and a three-time Winter Olympian, mate, and obviously yeah. well, you don't become a flag bearer without being bloody yeah. good at what you do. So, so, mate, sad news yesterday, and um, yeah, just condolences to the family there. So, Todd um, Carney, Todd Carney, last week, uh, feedback uh, is off the Richter. Yeah, top shelf. Probably, uh, yeah, great episode. Very yeah. enjoyable. Uh, he really did turn up to the shed and empty the tank. Uh, so, thanks, Todd. I think. Um, the people that have downloaded it have got a lot out of it and the people that haven't downloaded it, download it because it was fantastic. Yeah, you enjoyed it, Woody, eh? It was yeah, great. yeah. It was... I had such a different view of how he would be. Um, I'd never met him. You know, you only see what you see on the media media side of it. And yeah, it was... I actually thought it was going to be a pretty sort of funny one, but really it was just open, honest and yeah. pretty raw in a way. Like Toddy's, no, d- Toddy's been to the raw. depths. Yeah. Um, he's been to the absolute highs and the absolute lows, but you can say – you know, did he do anything that was really, you know, obviously early in his career with the drink driving, that stuff was, you know, that's pretty bad. But, you know, later on his career and what he got sort of done for, Jesus, yeah. some guys running around the NRL currently have done far, far worse. So I think we should get Peter Fitzsimons on. He's so opinionated. He'd have an opinion on it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we get on to the yeah. NFL. So uh, Patrick Mahomes this week, Woody, signed yeah, a 503 huge. mil US dollar it's, contract it's, it's crazy to think just with covid and the you know what might happen you know whether they even have a season or they have half a season for the nfl and they have the biggest ever sports contract ever in the history of any sport signed well when you're talking bubbles they have to move 150 people per team each week so that's yeah. say you know we'd go to chicago you got 300 people in the bubble like that's a lot to yeah, it's a lot to move, but it's just getting that contract though, it's far out. Like, ten yeah, years, that's ridiculous. I saw a you're an N- you're an NFL expert, Woody. Would you have signed him for ten? Yeah, hundred percent. Really? Yeah, he's amazing. They're just the he has like a he was on. I think he was on about eight hundred grand. He's on his rookie yep. contract when they won last year, and like he has an amazing offense around him. It's just going to be whether they can sort of back end his contract and keep all that they've got. Two or three really good receivers. They've got an amazing tight end that all play really well in his system. So if they can keep them for another four or five years, it's I, I, I don't know who will beat them. I, I, uh, I saw an interview that he's done uh, that he did the other day after he'd signed, and he spoke about when he signed and in his rookie years, he said, I, I never... I never had any idea of how to dismantle a defence or how a defence would work. I just went out and played. Yeah. And he said last year was the first year I actually worked out how to read a defence. Yeah, and he played a lot slower. He didn't yeah. play as fast. But his dad was a professional baseball player, really good baseball player. Yeah, played the major leagues. So he's yeah, got right. good people around him. And, and I'm sure he'll probably – they'll probably redo the contract at some yeah. stage to yeah. hopefully keep all those really good weapons around him. And they'll – Chiefs, there's – they're one of the original teams, so. So yeah, if you look at that contract, if you go into, um, if, we, if we move on to the NRL, 
Um, I don't know if you guys watched it last night, but Condo being a uh, avid uh, sports lover, I was straight onto the Matty Johns podcast last night. And Paul Kent, of all people, um, they did a podcast on Super League. Yeah. So Paul Kent obviously had all the rundown because he was working for the Herald at the time. And some of the some of the stuff was really really interesting. I knew a fair bit of it, but so we go back to 1995 uh, when you had Murdoch trying to obviously get a foothold in Australia with pay TV and taking on the NRL with Super League. So when they actually ended up in court, all the numbers had to come out and they had to put it all on the table. So Ricky Stewart, uh, Laurie Daly, Bradley Clyde signed a hundred. They in 1995 they got a hundred grand to sign the dotted line, and they got. Uh, Ricky and Laurie got five-year contracts at six hundred grand a year. Wow! In nineteen ninety-five, and like and Bradley, Bradley Clyde, Clyde got six fifty. Wow! Condo, give us you're, you're the numbers man in terms of the finance. I what are we the talking about? of signing now for two million. Jesus! Do you think so? Fafita last night was offered one point two five by the Titans. Yeah, at twenty at twenty years of age, did he turn it down or did he take it? It still hasn't yeah. been confirmed. Geez, I hope he takes it. I hope he takes it. Kent Shea, Kent Shea could do with David Fafita and his team, <laughs> mate. If they get Fafita, they get you know Tino from the Storm, and they're talking to John Asiata up at the Cowboys. They get those three in the pack. They're, they're starting. They've finally to move. got some weapons, yeah. you know. So, and and it showed back you know when they last made the finals back when Matty Rogers and those guys were running around they do get crowds there when they're winning so mate fingers crossed they get him you know what but I reckon no. my only advice to Mal Meninga and I'd never give him any from a playing point of view but from a negotiating point of view they obviously had money up their sleeve and they're happy to go to 1.25 I would have come out with first offer 1.25 and blown the Broncos out of the water fuck off come down the highway you're playing for the Titans is he from? Is he from Brizzy? He went to Kibra. No, he went to Kibra High on Which, the Gold Coast. Oh, okay. so, he's Goldie. Goldie. so he is Goldie. Yeah, yeah he's got wow. a bit in. Yeah. Great story, but like yeah. his, his mum's now taken over, sort managing of the quasi managing, and you know, I, I suppose we hear this story in sport a bit, especially in the US. All he wants to do is provide a house for his mum and himself, yeah. but he might do that in one year. They might get three. They can buy a neighbourhood <laughs> or a cul-de-sac. <laughs> well, they, they can in Ipswich. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so last yeah. week's games, I mean, we've got some good ones coming up this week, but was there a better game last week for a lot of years than the Rooster Storm? Jeez, oh, it was good, wasn't it? Probably their, probably their prelim last year. Was, that was another. That was another. That was another. As well. Yeah, that was another. But great. just how it went down to the wire and, you know, you kick that field goal, um, yeah. Keery, and you're thinking, game over, and then Pappenhausen. Just yeah. laying back there. The man that Frank Panisi uh, worded us yeah, up Yeah, he worded us up, said he's yeah. the one to watch out for and bang off that right foot, he just drains it. That's one of the most clutch kicks I've seen. I think that game was probably a little more entertaining just because there was a few more points in it. You know, yeah. the prelim was probably a little tired. Uh, but, it had it, but it had it all 28 time. mistakes. F- yeah, it was mistakes in it. It's it good. physical no, too. No, that's good. Yeah. yeah. I think the new rules are fantastic from that point of view. Mate, we're seeing ball movement. Yeah. We're seeing points. We're seeing fatigue. And what are we talking about? The game and how good it is. We're not talking about all the other crap. It's great. Well, mate. we're only talking about yeah. refs if you're walking up the tunnel with uh, Fanil Blake. Yeah. <laughs> Paint your eyes on you effing. Yeah. Yeah, he's anyway. had a shocker there. He has had a shocker. The, What's he deserve? Six weeks, you reckon? Oh... And a, and a lot of well, community service. I, I know there's a lot of inconsistency in suspensions and you have a look at what Mitchell Pearce did and he got a 125 grand fine and eight games, I think it was, from and memory. A, and let's, um, what's worse? Vanilla Blacks is way worse. Every day of the week. Yeah. So Your thoughts? What do you reckon? Uh, it's, it's so hard to know because no one's, has anyone ever given a spray like that to any of the rest? Not for a while. Oh, no, back, they haven't actually. Not with that language. Yeah. Yeah, he just. If, uh, if I was if I was running the judiciary, I would have given him six, 
and I would have given him another two for the fact he plays for Manly. <laughs> You're an idiot. All right, what have we got to look forward to sport coming up, mate, this uh, week? Well, I think, well, well, we've got NRL on this weekend, which is fantastic. I think the AFL's just about done. They're just moving from state to state and they'll implode. Where are they playing a- the grand a- final, A-League can't Cairns? even get what? out of Melbourne. Yeah, They've had true. about 20 attempts to get out of Melbourne. Um, you know, you've got you've got Gallon Hunt coming up. If yeah, you're man, that was a big through the week. That's a that's a, obviously a big signing. Yeah, you know, Gallon Hunt, October thirty first. They're talking about it. Um, they what may do, have done. What's he get paid for these fights? I don't know. We'll have half to ask our Dubbo listeners there. Oh, they're no, our big I, fight I don't fans, think so. You don't reckon he gets half a million? <laughs> I don't think. I'd say oh, it'd be two fifty at the most. You reckon? Yeah. I don't know, mate. I reckon he's getting decent bucks. You don't, you know, Mark Hunt can fight and he can bang. Like, I'm not putting my head in there for anything less than that. 250 grand's a lot of money in this. Barnsley, are you putting your hand up to take Gallon on? Hell no. I I just think, like, I was even listening to Danny Green speak on a podcast. He said that Mundine Mundine Green first fight, biggest fight in Australian fight history. He said he didn't make much over a mill and a half. You're kidding. he, he, He couldn't get. He wouldn't say, but they kept asking, was it around two million? He's like, no, nah, it wasn't that. No way. Yeah, I would have thought so that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Fair enough. So well, they maybe you're right. Yeah, right. I suppose but it just comes down to pay-per-view, like how many yeah. people yeah, you well, can Yeah, well, they had 20 million on pay-per-view or something like 20 that. 20 million. Or some with the gate and pay-per-view yeah, or something right. was the like biggest that. fight in Australia. Yeah, Anyway, right. speaking of other fights, Volkanovski this week, Alex Volkanovski, he's got Max Holloway in UFC 251. Yeah. Now, people who don't know Alex, he obviously played a bit of rugby league back in the day. This is something I found funny. Did he play for the Dragon? Uh, no, Is no. he from South Coast? Yeah, well, Rilla Gorillas he yeah, played for yeah, Shell so, Harbour Boy. Yeah, anyway, in the yeah, he won a he won a GF down there yep. and won man of the won the Mick Cronin medal, yeah, medal okay. actually Second against Jeringong. Yeah, yeah. Well, he played at ninety seven kilos, right? As a prop, five foot six prop. He now fights at sixty six kilos in oh, the UFC. Dear, oh dear. That's a phenomenal yeah. drop off. But he's got a, what a twenty one and one record going yeah. up against Max Holloway, and he's and he, and this is obviously will put him into another level if yeah. he can win again. Oh, if he can defend against Holloway, it's huge. They had a, that was a, such a good fight. It was like probably one of the top three fights of the year last. Yeah, last year. Yeah, it was yeah. the end of last year. But the, like Usman, uh, yeah, Marty Usman versus Masvidal. <laughs> was Nearly was. He's a cricketer. Would yeah, he? <laughs> and I don't think he'd want to fight Jorge Masvidal. <laughs> That's that's going to be the fight. Mozadov wasn't supposed to fight him. And he just got last minute call up. They had all these breakdowns with he wanted to get paid more. That's in the main fight, so it'll be it'll right. Be, right. Now be I know up. we went on to Gallon on the fight uh, on the fight scenario, but I just want to take us back to NRL just for a sec. Who's your pick? We had our picks for the year. Who who would win the comp? Who's your pick for Dally M Player of the Year? Let's go on the record. Go on the record. So um, at the moment, um, I'm going. Uh, Actually, and I'll just throw it in today. Like, uh, Woody, you'll love this. Benji's back on the bench this week. We need, we need to do something. <laughs> so who's your pick? Well, your for... hooker's got to be a chance, mate. Well, he's uh, up there. He's like second. I think yeah, Gufferson's, I, I, Gufferson's I'm leading. The, I think uh, that's who I was going to say. I was going to say Guffo. King Guffo. Yeah, I reckon. Peter Wynn will be happy with that. If they stay in the top two or three, I reckon Guffo will win it. I'm going our man from North Queensland, Jason Tomalolo. I just think if he every week he plays – Cowboys get within points. He gets points. Right. They are just – they are half the team without him. It's basically one man running a show. So, yeah, he's my Okay, pick. so I'm going to go another one from North Queensland playing with the Tigers. I'm going to go Harry Grant. Yeah, good one. Yeah. So um, anyway, this Great wrap-up this yeah. week. So I think probably for our listeners, we've got a big one next week. We've got Eddie Jones. 
Yeah. Uh, well, we're going to interview him. I don't know if it'll get to a podcast. We'll see how it goes. But <laughs> we'll do our best. Hopefully we don't get our head chewed off. Last time I spoke to Eddie, I did get my head chewed off. So um, anyway, that's next week. I think last time you spoke to him, Barnsley, you might have got your head chewed yeah, off. Yeah, he was absolutely tearing me a new one. and uh, Playing for the Reds? <laughs> yeah, our last game together. We what, were, were, what were his last words? Uh, I can't Barnsley, remember. you but, are. Yeah, well, uh, uncoachable, um, number uncoachable. other. Uncoachable? Yeah, I was, I, was a, I was a lot of things. Um but we ended up getting on really well later on, and I, I, you know, I admire what he's done today. But the last experience we had together as a player coach, we lost ninety-two to three. So we held the Super Rugby record as the greatest loss Who ever. Who was it to? The Bulls in Pretoria. I can't wait to hear. His I can't wait to talk about that. But but <laughs> they led two 0 No, three 0 Condo. Three yeah, nil. When you kick a penalty in rugby, it's worth three. And oh. um, here you go, a bit of trivia. Who kicked that goal? Uh, Four. He kicked the goal to start Queensland or Queensland Clint Origins. Shavosky. Clint Shavosky. Oh, Conde, you got it. Yeah. <laughs> he put us up 3-0 and he also started Queensland's dynasty, you know, back we in 2006. We might have him on the pod. He would wow. be an interesting He'd podcast. He'd be good. Player manager Man- now. Player manager. But I tell you, anyway, so, Bar- uh, so Woody, next week, Barnsley and I are already prepared, but bring in some sort of helmet. I know it'll be on the phone, but we are going to get like a belting from me. What about like a face, like one of those COVID face guards oh, like from, the, a spr- from a spray? Is it going to be <laughs> well, actually, funny you mention that because our next guest that is sitting here, he was talking me through this before we got on the mic. He's got one of those like perspex masks to wear on the plane back to Italy. Leo Fiavati. Leo. Mate, it's great to have him in today. It is. Seriously, who would have thought a bloke born in Rome would end up on the world surfing tour. Would he like, what's, you know, think of Italy, what what's Rome famous for? Yeah. What are we, you know? Oh, pizza, uh, pasta. Pizza, uh, pasta, fast Ferraris. cars, soccer. Gondolas. Yeah. Yeah. And they've got one surfer. <laughs> Mate, yeah. It's a phenomenal story. I'm keen to hear yeah. his story of like how it all started, that's for sure. And like, I think, uh, I think uh, you know, pumping uh, Leo's tyres up a little bit, he's the first person we've had in the shed that's not retired. That's true. 22 years of age, still paving his way. So that means that that invites two podcasts. So when he retires, he'll come back. When he wins the world tour. When he buys a house after getting so many good waves here. Leo. <laughs> Welcome, Welcome, Leo. Welcome, Welcome mate. Have you, mate. For having me. Thanks for coming. Thank so, you. Um, I'm sure um, I might be the first and last Italian <laughs> to be on this. <laughs> uh, we're, being, we're privileged to have you uh, in Barnsley's shed here today on the North Coast. And that's come about because you've been stuck in Oz because of COVID. Yeah, um, I'm so, in a way, no, I'm so lucky to get stuck uh, on the north coast of Australia. It's been incredible. I've had um, such a good time. Basically, what happened is I came here for the events back in, I came for a training camp end of February, um, did the QSs in Manly, which that went great. I yeah. got my biggest win. Yeah. <laughs> and right on the day that Manly was going to finish, they announced that everything was going to be um, off, at least um, the next QS and then Snapper and Bells. And so I was like, okay, well, what do we do? Um, I was here with my girlfriend. She's from Hawaii. Italy in mid-March was already hit very bad by the virus. So I'm like, I'm not going to go back to Italy or France because like, it was already blowing up. And so we just decided to stay here. Um, Australia is an incredible country. I've, I've spent so much time here throughout the years. My stepfather, Belly, he's Australian. So I love the place. I love the culture. And 
We set up in Byron Bay, and I guess from what every single local has said to me, it's been <laughs> the best winter in 10 years. That's <laughs> been So quite obviously, you're leaving with some uh, Byron Bay property. You've, you've purchased, yeah. you've, you've purchased no. one of those joints down at Wadigos. It's pretty, it's pretty expensive. Yeah. <laughs> Surfing ain't got that much money. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good. So, uh, so you've had some good waves. Like, the conditions have been fantastic. Yeah, the waves have been incredible. It's like I said, it's been such a good time. And even for me as a as a surfer, it was great to take this time, not only like as a time off, you know, for me I've been um training heaps in the gym, working a lot on surfing, on new things. I was lucky enough that my um coach, Richard Dog Marsh, he was stuck here until end of May. So we did a few sessions between um uh, Lennox and a few different places. And that was um it was, it was super cool because for once in my career I wasn't just working you know for a contest i was just working on my yeah. surfing and just trying to improve 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 and it's been incredible and also i mean all the locals have been so welcoming it, it's been incredible the lennox locals in byron everybody's been so friendly to me and um they've made it feel they made me feel really welcome so i really appreciate that it must feel Especially good <laughs> <laughs> Matt. i'm never even out there I've did you just, give him some waves john yeah I, I don't get near him i just watch um but it must feel good like the big one probably for you and it's probably been since you were probably 14 or 15 it's just the feeling of packing up and going to the next spot like having five or six weeks to just really oh. or it was probably eight how, what's it nearly been eight weeks or something since that Oz open hasn't it it's been oh no it's been i don't know it was mid-march it was like starting oh, okay March, yeah so week. it's been like three months yeah wow well, so just that it's, feeling of not oh. been having to go anywhere you can get in a bit of a routine get some exactly. shopping cook some food i got really good at cooking yes yeah. <laughs> Um, me and my girlfriend got really good at cooking, but it's been really exciting, but also really weird because I've yeah. never had that. Yeah. I've never had just a time where I'm not looking forward. Yeah. You know, I'm not looking to a goal. Like usually I have a goal set in my mind that, okay, I have even like the time off, right? We have eight weeks off after pipe and it's like, okay, time to, you know, get back into it, yeah. work on new things. And I know what I'm looking, you know, I'm looking towards snapper in March. Yeah. Whereas now it's like, yes, I'm training in the gym heaps. I'm surfing, improving, I'm pushing my level. But sometimes I've had a few days where I've been a little lost. Yeah. Because it's, you know, it's it's like, what's going on here? Like, I'm, I'm not competing and... And you don't really know when it's going to yeah, come. Yeah, you don't eh? really know. But yeah. I think it's also a time that you like step back and just go, you know what? Take this time, like yeah. I said, take it positive, use it positive work on new things. I know it's been, like I said, I've pushed, I've been trying to push my level. Um, I've actually haven't been finishing most of my waves because I'm just trying new things. And sometimes it gets frustrating. Sometimes, you know, it's rewarding, but um, it's a different time in, um, you know, in our lives for everyone. And I think we just all got to try and see the positive into, um, into this pandemic. Yeah. So if we wind it back to where it started, born in Rome, Italy, um, where did you get the bug for the surfing? Yeah, it's a pretty uh, it's a pretty different story to any other surfer, I guess. But uh, so basically, in Italy, when you go to the beach, you go to a beach club. It's rare that you go to the beach and just put a towel down and lay down. It's like everybody goes to the beach clubs. And so is that like a do, country club sort of set up? Uh, it's more like you know you go to the beach and it's got one beach club and then twenty meters down the beach there's another one and then twenty ah. meters down the beach. So they have the sh- chairs and they have the, the chairs, yeah, the I'm chairs, and they have a bar and food. Do you wear your euros there? No, like, no, no, no. Would you ever cut the Maddie Little look at the point? <laughs> Dick togs. Hey, I don't know if you've, have, you <laughs> ever, have you seen him out there no. since you've been surfing. Uh, oh, he's a classic. good friend. Of, yeah. Tro- Trojan tro- uh, rugby legend from Lennox wears speedos. That's incredible. He had such bad body rash one summer. Middle of winter. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah. Good on him. Anyway, it was Good cold. On him for going it's, for pretty, it. it's pretty funny, but when you see him, he's like, 
probably so 95, 100 kilos, big guy. And he runs down the track in a vest and speedos. That's pretty yeah, incredible. It's you pretty see unique. A few of those in Italy. Yeah. <laughs> so are these beach clubs? Do you have to? Is it like membership? Yeah, it's kind of membership. Yeah, but it's also where like all your family friends go to. Oh. So it's like basically all like my friends. You know, my parents. That's where their friends are. And I grew up with you know all the kids there. And so the beach club that we went to was called Ocean Surf. So the owners were surfers. They had a full on windsurf, kite surf, surfing um, school. And that's how I started surfing. Basically, there's a little crew of us. My brother, he's 20, he's uh, 30 years old, so he's a little older than me. And he started surfing a little bit before me. I followed him and his friends. I was normally, I was usually the youngest, but I absolutely loved it. And it was such a cool little culture, which there's not many like that in Italy. You know, there's not many of those like little cultures. And I guess we had a bit of um, upbringing that, you know, got me excited. Started going to France a little bit when I was eight or nine years old, which is, you know, it's the, it's the center of European surfing. Um, so between France and Portugal, and yeah, that's how it kind of started. It got sponsored by Quicksilver at the age of nine, Red Bull at the age of 10. And thanks to them, I was able to go to Hawaii and come to Australia. And um, that was definitely the best thing ever to be able to travel because unfortunately, as an Italian, it's almost impossible to become a professional surfer. Like you were saying before, we have waves. Yeah. But just not every day. Yeah, it's no. not every day. Kelly Slater, so he grows up in Cocoa Beach, right, in Florida. Is that like a similar sort of wave? Is that where, where you're like, Rome, what you're sort of experiencing there or you what? You know what? I think it is similar, but I feel like Cocoa Beach never gets good from what yeah. I hear. So <laughs> you, get, you get really good there, Sometimes dude. we get really good waves. Yeah. There's a, in Sardinia. Sardinia is, in is um, probably the best place um, to surf in Italy. I've gone fully barreled, like proper barreled in yeah. Italy. Um, it's just not, like I said, every day. Do you ever get barreled at the beach club? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> it's not um, every day that you um, get good waves or even waves, but enough to, you know, the surf culture in Italy is growing. There's heaps of surfers, and really? when there's waves, it's like you said, Lennox just now was like snapper rocks. Um, when there's waves in Italy, Everyone's, it's snapper rocks every yeah. day because everybody's so excited and you know you can't blame everyone for wanting to surf if there's a bit of waves yeah. have, have so they got surf rage there in italy what's I don't that know. Surf, surf rage do people like i gotta imagine hands would be flying everywhere like you oh talk. it's pretty it's pretty gnarly like, is it yeah the rules sometimes you gotta like tell a couple of people like friendly wise but like look like you gotta do it this way or that way because they just got no um no clue what they're doing a lot of the times but um Italians are passionate, yeah. and so whatever they're doing, they'll be passionate about it. And when I go back and surf with everyone, it's it's pretty incredible. It's it must incredible. be funny, but rocking up to the beach club where you started. Now that you're so well travelled, and you know you're living in France, and life membership, and it's, it's, it's a bummer because the beach club that I grew up in, it's they shut down. Oh no! Yeah, for different reasons, like yeah. permit reasons. But it's such a bummer because is there, wa- is there waves when it's good? Is there waves even out front? Yeah, yeah, there's waves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. it's a beach break. It's all beach break, but it's it's, it's fun. fun. And yeah. I mean, when you're a seven, six, seven year old grumman oh, starting to surf, good. anything's fun. Yeah, <laughs> wake behind the boat. And this is actually a really good story. Which um, when I was six, uh, between six and seven, there was this ferry right in summertime that would make a move in the harbor about 30 minutes, 20 minutes drive, and it would create a set of three waves at 5 p.m. So every afternoon, we knew that at 5 p.m. Holy shit, that's why we walked on the beach and get three waves, and everybody would drop in on each other, burn, I'd try and get to the end, because I'd be like, I want this one, or it'd be classic, but it, sometimes it'd be the only time in the day that we could surf. 
So it was. So it was uh, a 15, was, 15 minute surf. No, three. no, no, three waves. That's like one, two, three. If you That's wait like for the yeah, 30, 30 seconds. It's about 30 seconds. <laughs> All right, Mum, we've got to go. It's 4.42. We've got 10 minutes to go. It was worth it. Is it, it was st- worth it. Is that still happening? No, it's not. It only happened for like two was, years. Was oh, it right. like... Was there like 20 groms standing on the beach oh, yeah, and like yeah. just everyone had run oh, out? Oh, we'd all run on the beach and then all of a sudden like we paddle out, dead flat. It's a lake. Yeah. And all of a sudden we look at the watch. It's like, it's coming, guys. It's coming. That's- and it just goes down the beach. It's sick. Yeah. That awesome so that's story. technology Kelly used, eh, for his wife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, eight or nine, like were you a natural? Or did, do you think it sort of came naturally? Because, I mean, if you're sponsored at nine and ten by, you know, think- Quicksilver and then Red Bull, Red Bull don't. Obviously, sponsor kooks. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know if I was. Uh, it's a bit. I think I realized the level that I had when I came here for the Oki Grom Comp and the Rusty Grom Fest. And the first year I came, I won the um, the Oki Grom Comp uh, when I was twelve years old, and it was kind of the first international event that I did. You're only twelve years old, but coming to Australia, the level is super high in Australia. Of course, I was competing against Mikey, Jack Robbo. Um, Ethan Ewing, Kanoa Garashi was there too. So it's like old guys that are now on the on the tour together. And that was uh, I came here, and as you know, you know, Steve, I came here every. I think, um, I think Kondo gave you a wild card because she didn't get your entry into yeah. the, the first skull candy <laughs> nine remember, years ago. Yeah, yeah. I can remember that nine final. years ago. Was that you and Mike? Me and Mikey yeah, in the final, yeah, yeah. yeah. correct. And there was the we had the uh, hot like the spa hot tub there. Well, yeah, we I had won the, hot the spa tub. and I gave it to the riots. Yeah, that's yeah. right. You won the spa. Yeah, you did. I gave it to the riots. I don't yeah. know what happened to that, but <laughs> I think first prize was five hundred and a spa. Yeah. yeah, but it was so yeah. sick. Me and Mikey had a final, and I was staying with them. <laughs> I think I think Tony's got the Tony O's got the spa now. Oh, yeah. is that what happened? I think so. Yeah, maybe you pick it up on your way to the airport. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, so uh, I mean, gee, you rattled off some good names there: Ethan Ewing, Kanoa, uh, Mikey, all yeah. on tour this year. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty incredible this year. I was seeing it's the first time this year that like our age group there's like eight or nine of us between a year younger than me and a year older. Between Mikey, Yagodora, Griffin, Kanoa, Ethan. And it's really cool because when I qualified in 2017 for the first time, it was only me and Kanoa on tour. That was like the only, um, and Ethan, sorry, me, Kanoa, and Ethan. And then Griffin came on, Yagodora came on, Mikey came on. And there's also Morgan Siblick, Matthew McGivory. It's all like young guys. And it's cool. It's so sick. I I think it's, it's changing. And I mean, if you see what Jackson Dorian was doing at the wave pool a couple, couple weeks ago, I did see you've, that. You, you're gonna know that's new. The I saw some. Is. I saw some footage of a goofy foot little chick too that was ripping on at, at the Texas pool. Oh, uh, the little rip girl girl. Yeah, little goofy foot. Yeah, she's, she's from she's the North ins- Shore. Yeah, she's insane. Insane. I yeah. one day at Rocky Point, it was like you know those days that it picks up really quick. I'm pelling out. It's like six foot. She gets this bomb, gets fully shot, gets sped out, comes out claiming it. Like it was the wave looked like it was a 15 foot. Unbelievable. How old are we talking? I think she's 12, 12 11, 12. Jesus. Yeah. Wow. Really good. So, um, ending up where you are now at 22, do you think that, that I suppose, those, uh, you talk about coming out to Oz early on, 11, 12, and then you've pretty much been a global traveler since? Do you think that's played a big part in, in oh, your progression? A huge part. I was lucky enough to have Belly. Yeah. Um, who at the time he was, until, you know, from so many years until last year, he was the global Quicksilver team manager. And he kind of took me and Kano as well around to a lot of the events. Came here, Bells Beach. We got to go to J-Bay. We got to go to so many places. And that's, you know, definitely shaped my surfing and my, um, 
personality and confidence, I think, to, you know, show up at these places and not be the first time that I get there. Right. But, um, and if it wasn't for that, there's no way I'd be the, the surfer I am today. So, you know, Belly did an incredible job bringing me up and that was, that was incredible. Mate, people don't know this. You speak five languages. Yeah. Take us through that because you've, mate, I'm trying to work out where you went to school in this whole journey of yours. I think traveling was one of the best schools I could have ever done. Yeah. Just to meet new cultures, learn new languages. Um, you know, Italian, obviously, because I'm from there, but English was an early one. And when I was about 12 years old, thanks to Quicksilver as well, they, they rented a house for me in Huntington Beach and put me in a school for four months. Um, it was uh, called um, Dwyer Middle School. And that's when I kind of learned how to speak proper English, how to write, how to read, how to, you know, get really good at speaking English. And it was also cool because I spent some time in Huntington Beach and the level of surfing there was really high incredible experience and then when i was um 14 i did the same experience at pbc so palm beach oh, Palm Beach. Yeah. yeah did you play any rugby league there uh no i didn't <laughs> but a couple of the kids i did yeah. yeah but um so that was another really cool experience but all through that i've always done my italian school online so every time you know talking to teachers on skype since i was 13 years old 12 years old and doing exams in italy at the end of the year so that's pretty much what I've always done, and um, along the way, I picked up French because I spent so much time there. My family lives there, and I pretty much live there. And then Portuguese because there's a Brazilian storm on tour. There's so many of them, and, <laughs> yeah. and I get along with them really nice. So I guess that's where I picked up Portuguese, and then Sp- Spanish just came along. <laughs> so the, the schooling around the globe, I mean, did mom and Belly have to sort of – did they have to ride you hard, or did you enjoy sort of the academic side? Um, my mom was very tough on the academic side, but I also um, love love learning. I've always loved learning, and um, from the language side, because I'm somebody who likes to speak. <laughs> so if I ever want, you know, if I ever went anywhere, I want to know how to speak to the people. And I think you get appreciated a lot more and respected a lot more if you go up and have a conversation with them and be respectful. And on the academic side, I just. You know, my mom was tough on it, and so I put my head down always and did it, and it was um, it was fine. <laughs> I got a I got a funny story. So we go through Europe, and I became good friends with Goni, Marlon, Lipke, who's another Europe Europe guys from Germany, but ended up living in Portugal. Portugal, yeah. Anyway, there's a, quite a few of them around my age that did the QS. Same sort of thing. Spoke five languages, like re- really well spoken in every language too. Speak English, same as me. Anyway, we're in France. I'm going, I'm, I'm like, yeah, I'll grab a ch- chocolate croissant. And the, the lady's just like, you're a muppet. <laughs> I turn around, all the, all the Euro boys, all the Euro boys are behind, behind me are just shaking their head. Like, you can't even try and order a croissant in. The French are tough, right? Yeah. You go and say, can I have a croissant? Like, can I have a croissant, mate? Yeah. And They're just go, like, what? Yeah. Like, a croissant. Yeah. And then he's like, Oh, a croissant. Yeah. Like, you got to put the accent, otherwise yeah. they don't understand you. It's sometimes so, it's Oh, like, no, and it's just me being, you know. But I'm, sometimes they're tough. Yeah. But you can, oh, yeah, for but sure. You can say it, you can say you it correctly now, okay? Croissant. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just funny, like, I, was, I wasn't even trying, and then you got the boys behind us waiting to get a coffee and stuff, and they're all speaking five languages well. It's a, it's a different world over there, isn't it? Because you got you listed on the train and you get five languages over the speaker. Oh, it's not just you know. Yeah, it's totally please yeah, remain but from seated. Hostigor, yeah, you're, you're, up, so- you're forty minutes away from Spain, 
Yeah. You're an eight-hour drive from Portugal. Yeah. Um, Italy's right around the corner. So Europe is this culture where yeah, on, so on the size of Australia, you have probably, I don't know, I don't know exactly how many countries ten, you have. At least 10. ten. At least 10, it have to be. Yeah. So, you know, everybody, and then everybody goes for holidays, right? You go to holiday to Italy, you know, you, yeah. it, it's all one culture. So it's, 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 it's incredible. And it's a, it's a beautiful culture. You know, it's got so many, so many years, so much culture. So you, uh, you paved your way on the QS at a young age, uh, 2015, uh, Vulcan Pipe Pro, uh, pretty gnarly wave that you take off on, broken back. Yeah, that was, um, that was uh, a bit tough because 2014, I was only 16 and halfway through the year, I started doing the QS and I almost qualified, which I was shocked. I was never thought I was going to get that close. So 2015, I'm like, okay, 17, I'm a bit old there. Like, I, you know, you look at the stats, you see Jeremy qualified when he was 17, um, Gabriel, a thing around that. So I'm like, okay, like, it's doable. So I got really excited the start of that year. First event, bad wipe out of pipe, slammed straight. Basically, I thought I had it. The, um, I was pretty late, but I thought I had it. The wave didn't throw straight away. The lip landed on my head and just got sucked over just like a washing machine. Slammed really hard on my... But sitting down on the reef, um, not sure if you guys know, but most people know that pipeline, the reef, it's a dead reef. Yeah. So it's concrete. It's yeah. basically like concrete. So I sat down on the reef. Straight away, I felt this pain that I've never felt before. Took my leash off, waved up. Luckily, the North Shore lifeguards are incredible yeah. there. They've saved so many people. They brought me in. Um, Lucky you could get up, really. Yeah, yeah. Wife, Seriously, you know. yeah, yeah. I guess with the adrenaline, too, you still have it, you know, yeah. but, they brought me in perfectly, took me to the hospital. Long story short, in Hawaii, they didn't want to operate. They said I didn't need operation. I went back to France. Um, I saw a specialist, and the specialist was like, look, you, you might be fine in six months, but the problem was my L1 vertebrae was fractured, but it also shifted forward, so they had to move it back, which was the main thing. And I'm like, all right, let's, let's go. He said you have a, 99%, you have a 1% chance of uh, getting paralyzed, which is... You know, when you hear that, you still get scared, oh, but shit, yeah. you get scared. Like, I remember driving back from the hospital when he told me that. I was crying and just a little scared because, frick, you're a 17. I was a seven-year-old grommet, like, had, you know, just started, like, competing with, with, the, with the big guys. Never had any injuries in my life. I was shitting myself. Yeah. And um, the surgery went great. I went to the SIRS, which is a really good um, sports uh, training center. A lot of rugby players. All, um, some of the best rugby players go there in Europe and they've done, they did an incredible job and that same year I had um, a great win at the ISA yep. uh, in October so that was so how long was that that's what what, what was that nine yeah. months from so broken back it was I didn't surf for four and a half months um, probably took me six months before I got back on a shortboard and in October so that's eight what is it eight nine months I um, competed I was my first competition back and um Getting the win at that event was like a, a, a big confidence booster, and it was also like an emotional win. I just remember at the time, like just crying, not because I like that's winning. That's the ISA win. Well, yeah, the yeah. ISA win. Winning always I feels can good, that. but just like it, it was such a shock. Like as a young grommet going through so much, and then getting something, something you know, positive uh, that happened uh, was a. Yeah, yeah, I, I, in, but I'm just saying, like, his, his career just flashes before your eyes. Like, did you, did you, did you just sit in a hospital bed and go, I'm getting back surgery? Did you actually like, have any thought that that's it? 
For sure I had, like like I said, I was crying when I got back from, like, I get the chills even thinking about it. Like, I remember driving back from the hospital when the surgeon told me I needed the operation. Like, I, I was crying. And, like, when you, especially when you're 17, like, now I've, like, I got shoulder surgery last year. I went into it laughing. But, like, back surgery is a bit, it's, it's quite yeah. aggressive. And, Scary. Nice. Um, I trusted the surgeon. You know, it's, it's a, it's a, it was quite of a simple procedure, but it was still scary. And um, I never, th- I never thought that I wasn't coming back because I'm very determined. So I never even crossed my mind. But definitely, like, my worry was, will I come back surfing the way I was surfing before? You know, that was my, my worry. Will I have the same level? And um, luckily, my physio, the doctors, did such an incredible job to bring me back, you know, fit and healthy nine months later. Do you have any pain now? Like, do you ever get any pain? No, it's, it's incredible. I get no pain. Maybe because I, um, you know, I, all my training. Yeah, you keep uh, it nice and secure. The training is, you know, I, I do heaps of training, and I think keeping the core and everything strong yep. um, helps it. Maybe, you know, I'm sure when I'll be, like, 45, 50 years old, I'll, I'll feel, <laughs> yeah, you feel all the injuries I've had. I'm sure you've had yeah, a couple mate, of injuries. I'm, and I'm battling a bit. But, um, mate, tell us about with your rehab with that, like just for local, you know, tradies and people like that with back injuries, mate, because most guys can't move. What sort of stuff were you doing yeah, during that process? Yeah, training ones. A uh, lot of back massages, <laughs> which are the best part. <laughs> all, the, all the rugby boys were so off me because – um, they'd be there for a knee or an ankle, all right? So, like, they would never get back massaged. <laughs> but I'd get back massaged twice a day, so it was the best <laughs> shit ever. <laughs> but um, it, it was everything from uh, each week we got the surgeon to tell me what I could do. So, first I was only on the bike. Then it came down to starting to do some glute stuff. Then it came down to basically the back had to be st- – I had, like, a – what do you call it? Like a, brace. A, brace. a brace. I had a back brace for six weeks. So for six weeks, I was still like, going to the gym, just, um, just doing up. leg stuff and doing as much as I could, but like I was standing up straight like a stick. <laughs> so imagine like for like eight yeah. weeks, you're standing up straight like a stick and all of a sudden, then you got to get the back to start moving again. Yeah. So that was uh, a bit of a challenge. Is that scary? It must have been scary A too. bit scary, yeah. but what was incredible, that the pool, doing stuff in the pool yeah. was the best. That was the best stuff. You still do that stuff? Um, no, uh, not necessarily because I was more for the back. Because when you're in the pool, you yeah. get most of your weight off. off. So like I was starting to move, like do lots of movements in the pool, and it took out all all the weight, yeah. and then slowly bring that back on land. So so did Red Bull have any uh, have any, any input into your rehab? Um, no, um, it was mainly the SIRS, the, the training center that I went yep. to in France. They did a phenomenal job. place too. Of course, all my sponsors. Yeah. I mean, I didn't surf for nine months, and they they never. You know, blinked an eye and not paying me or anything. So they were super supportive and always made sure that I was doing okay. But when it comes to that, it's more about finding the right physiotherapist that does the right job. And my physiotherapist, he's brought me back from some incredible injuries. So he's he's a genius. <laughs> so where where are you when you're here? When you've been here or you have been here for the last three months? Where were you training and who were you training um, with? So at first, this is pretty funny. At first, um, all the gyms yard? were closed, right? Yeah, we just, I had two dumbbells of six kilograms. I had a 20 kilogram vest yep. and a couple bands. Yeah, so huh? I was like, shit. Like, usually I do like uh, quite a bit of squatting. And, yeah. uh, well, mate, I saw your Instagram and you're squatting your girlfriend as training, weren't you? Yeah, so exactly. That's how <laughs> that's that's what it came down to. Yeah. Um, my girlfriend is 58 kilograms. <laughs> I put a 20 kilo vest on. She was holding yeah. the, six, uh, the six kilogram dumbbells. No. I got up to 90, I got up to 90 kilos. Everything so, in the house. just the In the house, yeah. And that's how I... Um, and then um, 
I got lucky in the last month and a half. I uh, Luke Zaki, maybe you guys know. He's uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris Hemsworth, um, yeah, yeah. trainer. Zoc, yeah. He, I met him and he was very um, friendly and helpful. He has a gym at home, just like you do type of thing. And squat bar and everything. So he's like, why don't you just come over and train? And so for the last month and a half, that's been so helpful because training without weight is, is tough. <laughs> and training with someone too as well. You yeah, talk yeah. a bit of shit and, you know. Yeah, so yeah, he trained with me a few times. But I usually have, like I said, my strength and conditioning oh, okay. coach. Yeah, yeah. Um, Adam Tripez, he's come from a very knowledgeable background throughout the rugby league world and so much more. And I have a very structured training um, yeah. training um, program. Every you know, I have an app that he puts it up with all the videos. We FaceTime a lot of the times, especially when I'm squatting a bit heavier. And man, that's been incredible having a structured in the last two years having a structured training. Yeah, that's good. No one in surfing does that. It's, nah. it's so crazy. That, like, that, that's you know? obviously inclusive of when you're on the road all the time. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. all the time. I got to always find the gym and. You got to keep it up because. Do you yeah. try and sort of look, like when you get ready for an event? Are you looking? I mean, obviously you've been to pretty much every event before you're on tour, but are you looking for where a good gym is? Where Usually you're he does that for me, oh, which is very helpful. Yeah, okay, so you know like where you're going. He'll figure it out. Okay, you, you can plane. go to this gym yeah. and stuff. Um, but it's it's. I think the training is a huge part in surfing, and it's coming along in the last three, four, five years. I think Mick was one of the first to actually get, you know, really into training when he got his bad injury when you know his hamstring. But today, I mean, I'm, I'm grateful to have uh, Adam Trapez in my background, and I think it's a huge helpful. And when you see any sport in the world, you you know the best, you know, rugby league, soccer. Yeah, whatever. They have such a structured yeah. program. Us surfers, we're just like, oh, fuck, let's go for fucking surf. Bob's your uncle. Bob's your uncle. But do you, do you try and, like, say you got a heat, say you got a heat at Snapper, yeah. uh, what are you going to do? Will you do anything in the morning? Like, will you try and get a like? Will you get to a sweat, or you just do um, a basic rollout and some like stretching? Roll out, uh, warm up. Yeah. All the warm ups are important, but a lot of the events, I think, we prepare prior to it. So you're when not. you're at snapper, the time off, you're working your legs off. Because, Back massages. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now you're working your legs off because you know you're going to be doing nine turns. At yeah, snapper, yeah, you're going to be. Going. And your first turn better be the same as your last turn because yeah. that's what Gabriel's doing. Gabriel's yeah. first turn is the exact same as his last turn. Yeah. So if you want to compete against that, you gotta. Yeah, he got. He's got some thick legs, he's doesn't got some he? Thick legs. Do you yeah. ever train with the Brazilians? Um, no. <laughs> I don't know what type of training they do. What, what with with that training, mate? Are you doing a lot of power lifting? Is it a lot of plyometrics? Yeah. A lot so of movement lot of, based training. What is it? A bit of. It goes between force, strength, and power. So you know the the force lifting heavy, but at the same time always putting a bit of power into it so that you get the pop into it. So a lot of the sessions I'm squatting heavy, but in between exercises I'm doing some pop, some like pop jumps, yeah. or like some jumps off the bench, and like yeah, yeah, just yeah. trying to stay pop, real poppy. And then usually I do three sessions a week, um, power, um, st- force, and strength to get like you know some heavier stuff. And then one of them will be a power session, yep. just to keep the um, the the power going. And like I said, um, my strength conditioning coach is very yeah. knowledgeable and. He's done an incredible job, and I see it in my surfing and just the way I feel in the water. And it's such a, it's like I know when I was training really hard and doing a lot of that stuff, a lot of squatting, and you just feel strong. You feel like you're glued, almost glued to your board, eh? Yeah, yeah. You can and push harder for sure, and it totally makes sense. I mean. You can tell me the best at like. Well, Woody used to squat more than me. That was embarrassing when I first came up here to train. <laughs> he squatted more than me, so that was embarrassing. But I could totally understand it in surfing. The ability to bottom turn that squat and that power from it's the bottom a, turn it's be huge. It's almost the it? same movement. You're yeah. just going up and down, and 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 even the landing. 
it's almost just up and down. Yeah. So, the mobility part yeah. is very important yeah. too. I do a lot, lot of mobility stuff because you know you want to get strong, but like you want to be mobile. You yeah. want to be flexible. You want to be flexible is probably not the right word. You want to be mobile. So yeah. hips, everything. Almost. Sometimes we get into positions that like. Yeah. First of all, injury. You know, you get into positions that you're very high chance of getting injured. Um, so you got to be f- ready, you to, go. Be yeah, ready, ready to, to go. And um, a lot of the training that I do as well is for injury prevention. And yeah, so far I've had a few bad injuries. But <laughs> so you push, uh, you push for two two sixteen. So you win the ISO at the end of uh, two fifteen after your back injuries. Two sixteen on the QS qualify onto the tour two two seventeen. Um, first year was a struggle on tour. Definitely, it was a struggle. Um, you you know. You see a you know Italian Grom coming up, mostly winning, getting on the QS. Felt like it was easy. I'm like, I'm killing this. I'm too good for, you know, too good for school. <laughs> got on tour, got smoked straight away. Um, the first four events, I didn't make a heat. Did not make one heat. The first four events, but it was. I also, you know, the level was very high, but I also know that I got unlucky a few of the times, um, and you know it. At Margie's, I had Joel Parkinson. I had 15 points total. Yeah. He beat me with 15 and a half. At Bell's Beach, I had 16.8 yeah, total. That's right. Seabass had 16.81. Yeah, that's right. You know, like it was, <laughs> it was, it was crazy. It was. Um, and then you? I got to Fiji, and Fiji is a place that is my favorite place in the world. So I got there, having the best time ever, and that's when I, you know, came back, got a fifth place. That it was a tough year, but it was a huge learning curve. It was a huge learning curve, and I. You know, it was, it was the best thing that could have ever happened to me, I think. So were you kicking stones, or, you know, after all those results? Got, or were you sort of just Oh, like my God. After Brazil, after the, the fourth loss in a <laughs> row, I remember just being so fuming. I never punched my board. I punched my board. Never, ever yeah. punched my board. I was like, you know, walked, like, all my friends, uh, Belly and everyone drove home. It was like a couple of Ks. I'm like, fuck, I'm walking. I got on the beach. I started walking. Kind of like crying, like in a really bad mood. And I think I was a bit tough on myself because like um, I was definitely tough on myself. But it, like I said, it was a big learning curve and I'm, I'm stoked that happened. And yeah. throughout the year, I actually got to pipe that I needed to make one more heat. Um, so I lost in the round five. If I made the quarters, I would have done most events. I made the semis, I would have been for sure on tour. But it was what it, it is what it is. And 2018, um, I didn't care about requalifying. All I cared about was getting strong and getting my surfing back to like the highest possible level and that's see when you go back to process there instead of worrying about results was that a big change like mentally big change for sure it was like instead of worrying about the result it's like you know i did 2017 i came short but i'm like look coming short isn't good enough so i have to get better at surfing i know how to compete i know how to do a heat i have to focus on surfing and that's what i did i started working with dog marsh in 2018 and the first thing i told him i said dog I don't want, like, I don't need you to help me qualify because I know I can do it again. I know I can get back on the QS and qualify yeah. again. I need you to help me become the best possible surfer I can become. And since then, that's what we've been working on. Um, 2018, I got back on tour. Last year, f- another shit injury. <laughs> Tell us about that, mate, because you, you, you pop your shoulder. Yeah, that clean was. Clean out. You try to rehab it, and then you come back again at the box. Was it at Margaret River? And was, it pops um, out again. That was another, um unfortunate event i've never had any shoulder problems 2018 i got back on tour really worked on my surfing i was feeling so excited for 2019 
And in Newcastle, quarterfinals, I did a backside air, popped my shoulder out. Never had any shoulder problems. It was just like, tried to stick this full rotation. Coming down, the wave just hit me back up, knocked my shoulder out, which I don't know if any of you guys have dislocated the shoulder. Yeah, I've recons and shit. Yeah, it's shit ass. It's, dislocating your shoulder is one of the most painful pains ever, yeah. like pain ever. <laughs> Worse than the back? Worse than the back. For the 30 minutes that it was out, once they put it back in, it's like an instant relief. But when it's out, it's like painful but uncomfortable. Of course, it's not meant to be there. <laughs> it's, it's not meant to be near you. It's not meant to be down near you. Oh, it's up near you. Up near Yeah. Well, no, no, yeah, yeah. The shoulder felt like it was up. Yeah, it's not meant to be down here. Yeah. I was holding it up in so much pain. But um, I went and saw a surgeon in Newcastle, Jai Kumer, and he told me, you need surgery. Um, but he said there's a slight chance that you could recover without um, getting surgery. And if I got surgery, I was going to miss for, I was going to be out yeah. for four months anyways. So it's like whether I get surgery now or if it happens again, I'll, you know, I'll, I run the risk. So I tried to run the risk um, since Snapper was only a couple of weeks away. Snapper, I did pretty shady, but Bells, I was surfing okay. Um, I got a good result at Karamas. And then at the box, I was starting to feel really good. And I had a hit against Jordy Smith at the box. I was so excited. I'm like, fuck, I'm going to smoke this guy. <laughs> it's going to be barreling. I was so pumped up. And not that Jordy's not a good tube rider, he's one of the best surfers in the world, of course, but um, I love getting barreled and I was so excited. And that morning I went for a free surf, which I probably shouldn't have, you know, I should have just held it for the heat. Um, I had a bad wipeout. My shoulder was taped up. I had a shoulder brace and the shoulder still came out. So, <laughs> um, but you know what? It was meant to happen. Like the surgeon told me it was meant to happen. So I. You know, when again through the rehab, I looked at it the same way as uh, my back uh, recovery. Um, no time off, work your ass off, and that's the only way you're going to come back from an injury. So you come back strong this year, uh, Newcastle and down to Sydney, and you win. You win your f- first uh, QS ten thousand. Yeah, that was um, manly. That was an incredible um, moment. But I think another incredible moment for me was at, uh, Quick Pro France last Osigur, year. Yeah, when you come Osigur, back. I came back and got third, which was my best ever result in a CT. At, at home. And mate, that at was home. four months post shoulder reconstruction. Three and a half. Most footy guys said, Woody, we go back and play at six months to play play footy, you know, yeah, yeah. And, and you're lucky to get back at six months. Yeah, to yeah, come yeah. back at three and a half in a, in a crazy way, well, that's like pipe on sand, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And believe it or not, you need your shoulder for surfing. You kind of would, wouldn't you? You actually have to paddle to catch waves. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's <laughs> pretty critical. And, and especially at Le, like where it was at Le Grave. It was, it was at Le Grave, wasn't it? It was at Le Grave. Something yeah. Oh, I guess, uh, the st- yeah, it was the grab, yeah. Yeah, anyway, it's really close to shore, super yeah. steep. You've got to really work hard. Paddle, to get, yeah, yeah. You've got yeah, to work right. hard to get into the wave. And so I probably... If, I, if your shoulder's sus, yeah. it's, it, you know, you can second guess, especially when it's steep. For sure. I mean, my surfing, I think, was probably at like 70%. And it's almost, it's almost my shoulder was probably at like same thing, 70%. So I wasn't a hundred percent at all, but you probably had no expectation, but no expectation. No I expectation. feel like that's what Jeremy almost had as well to get yeah. the win. Is that, um, is that you, I mean, at the ripe old age of 22, is that your most memorable moment so far? I think so. Yeah. That, well, uh, mainly of course that was a win 10,000, but that was an incredible moment because in France I had all my family there. Um, I was so close to beating Etel in that semifinal, which getting in the final would have been pretty sick, but that was, um, that was an incredible moment with everybody at home, and uh, that's pretty much pretty pretty home. quiet night with you and Jeremy. Oh, yeah. that, like you guys have a <laughs> we went pretty mad. Had a couple of waters and yeah. went to sleep. Or? 
Hot Cigar shut down. Yeah. Hot Cigar shut down. It, it would have been. Where were you, Rockford? Or? Um, we went to the ca- uh, Café de Paris. Oh, okay. The, the coffee place. I mean, the, the café. Yeah, yeah, the bar yeah. It's the, the best. The middle of town. Yeah. They sell these carafes or. Yeah, the giraffes. giraffes. Yeah. They're like the big. Uh, we might take the podcast there, but I reckon we yeah, need to. Anyway, it's like right in the center of town. You take the whole corner of the whole town. Oh, dr- cars drive by there, but no cars. They yeah, they sh- so everyone's in the street. Yeah, yeah, I remember one year Fisher did a nude running race. I don't know if you remember that no, year. I don't remember that. We did a sprint race. My Fisher mate. seems to get mentioned every podcast. No, anyway, he smashed whoever. Oh, I can't remember who he had, but anyway, full <laughs> nude down the middle one. of the street. <laughs> He's quick. He could have played. He could have played some sport. I reckon he had some fast. Anyway, it's a great spot to drink, and I'm sure it was fun. <laughs> that night. It's a, I've had great. It's the funnest place yeah, ever. Yeah, it's a, it's a really cool. But yeah. It would have been epic that epic. night because yeah, it was local, the local, yeah, crazy, the local boys yeah. kicked ass. So. Yeah. So Barnsley and I, I mean, Condo's got a little bit more uh, of a background in um, in your history, and Barnsley's probably a little bit new to the to the table on that. But uh, as you can see, his uh, dapper dress today. Um, he's he's intrigued about the Gucci sponsorship. Well, we're going to go to the ball bag now, or what do you reckon? Well, we I think uh, no, we no, no, we've got to talk about WSL's future first, Barnes. Yeah. Well, we probably do. So we'll wait on going there. But mate, I'm very dapperly dressed, and we'll touch on Gucci. In oh, the, so you uh, want to wait the for the ball, ball bag? I do. I want to wait. <laughs> Let's play okay, so if we if we bring it back to the WSL, so there's, we're, we're currently in shutdown for obviously international travel, which is not ideal for surfing because uh, you guys travel all over the globe. I mean, what's your take on where you think the the, the CT and the QS will end up for our listeners? Um, well, for this year, it's very um, unsure, personally. Um, I think not everybody everybody doesn't know. Look at the US now. It's blowing up again. So I think there's a high chance that this year will be called off. Of course, it's not, not nothing is official, but they might do a couple of events here and there. Um, we'll see what happens. But as far as next year, they may, they, they wanna, um, they're going to change it up a bit, which is kind of exciting for surfing. Um, I think it needs a bit of a change. Oh, for sure. It needs something more, something more exciting. So From what I know so far, um, they've, uh, they're going to uh, officially announce it in about a month or two weeks' time, so pretty soon. But all, all the details, because there's a little slight details that are changing, but what they, they want to do a six-month tour, six- to seven-month tour, um, starting in Hawaii, finishing in Tahiti, I think, around that in August. That first six months of the year. Yeah, yeah. and then they want to have... Um, some sort of like a, a showdown because what happened was last year the final between Etel and Gabriel that was exciting that was freaking exciting the world title to be decided in the last heat of the I year know, but that was exciting imagine if you were Gabe and you had your worst ever heat nearly of your career yeah. Yeah, in, in against point. another Brazilian. Oh, I know. He's never that had a bad heat. Like Gabriel with the worst. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but he's never like Gabe's never had a bad heat of pipe in his life, mate. He he just fell off a cliff. I I definitely had my money on. Yeah, Gabriel, same. But props to Italo because he, he just, was yeah he was a beast. He had he Dorian just picking him the right waves. The he right went board. beast mode. Like seriously, yeah. like. Congrats to Italo because that was beast mode. Like I, I going to pipe. I'm like Gabriel's gonna eat him up. Yeah, and he just yeah, he was all showed over. up. Like yeah, came there, did what he had to do, and left the freaking big old big ass world. I title. think too, but Gabe went those first waves. He kept yeah. going the first wave. Yeah, gave him the door. Anyway. So we're talking. Uh, so anyways, C- they C- want to do first six, six months of the year and then into a. Uh, QS. That's what they like to focus on. So they like to focus on the CT and then um, towards the back end of the year do the QS, which is very smart because um, the way I see it is 
for an up-and-coming uh, surfer, it's super smart because when you first qualify for the tour, you never know whether you're good enough, like we we're talking about before, whether you have to do the QS to back yourself up to stay on tour for the following year. Whereas now you can, you know, if you qualify, you can first six months just focus on the CT. Yep. You have nothing else on yeah. your mind, and if it doesn't work out, you can go on the and do the ten thousands towards the end of the year, which is on the same year you could be back on tour, yeah. which I think is a really smart idea from them. They're also going to really focus when the CT will be happening. They're going to really focus on the regional events yep. between Europe, Australia, to give a, a better domestic, platform yep. for the domestic surfers. As far as um, you know, it's expensive to travel, mm. and like especially if you have to travel to get enough points to get into the ten thousands, it gets hard, you know. And some people, um, of course, some people want to give it a go, you know. Some people want to give it a go, and of course, you should. You never know until you yeah. you give it your best. You get hard, or you get a good board. Or yeah, and like um, I think the way they're going is um, is 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 right. Um, the tour they want to do a showdown at the end of the year, so they want to do a special event right after the. Is it like tour. a grand final, like Super Bowl, like, like like a Super Bowl, like. Yeah. Um, and, and are you talking to holding at Tahiti? Is that what they're saying? No, or no. Where, so that's the last anywhere. event. Yeah. And then the grand final event will be the top five surfers. Um, in, it'd probably be an Indo. So unknown location, probably Indo. In but September. each year will change in September. Yeah. Wouldn't you want it at a place where you can get a crowd? Or do you want it at no. just the best waves? Audience. I think today okay. it's all so about, it's all about uh, online. Okay. And you want it at the best waves. But they're like talking about trestles as well. Bringing back the trestles, that would be pretty sick. Yeah. Each year will be different. Um, but what they want is the best waves. And I think it's, it's right. And what they're going to do is like top five surfers, of course, Number one, who finished first in the ranking, will have a big advantage, as he should. The guy just yeah, should have yeah. won the world title, didn't. So it's a bit, bit heavy because a, a bit more in line, year, like in line with normal sports. With normal sports, yeah. yeah. But it's pretty heavy because next year, whoever's going to win the world title is not going to win the world title until he goes and performs on the last day of uh, on the last yeah. event of the year. So you kind of want that's good. It's a bit controversial. Yeah. yeah. What are you as a surfer, right? You're leading if the tour. I, He's just growing up with Hawaii. He's growing up. If <laughs> I win, I think the beauty about surfing is, you know, you're doing 10, 11 events in different locations, and whoever comes out at the end on top is the best surfer. Because I agree. you've gone through 11 events. So no showdown. Well, I see the way they're looking at it. It's exciting. It's really exciting. But if I win the world, if I finish first at the end of the year, and I've... I haven't won the world title yet. I'll be pissed, you know. So yeah. you'll crown yourself. He'll <laughs> <laughs> do his own ceremony. Um, I, th I think it's it's what he's saying. They are going to give an advantage yeah. to the number one surfer in that final event, and it is going to be exciting. It's going to be exciting for the sport. Um, I guess you just got to try and find that excitement in surfing because they've struggled for sure throughout the the years. To um, our problem is that we need the waves. It's a two weeks period. It's yeah. not like. Like footy, like skate, yeah. like anything. Like, okay, tomorrow yeah, we're at, the uh, at 8 p.m. you're going to have Nadal against Feather to play yeah. for the Australian Open final. Yeah. Everybody's, everybody's yeah. got it on the schedule. Yeah. Surfing is two weeks. Like two weeks, you don't know. Tomorrow might run. It might not yeah. run. Might run at 11 a.m. at low it, tide. And, I mean, it's hard to fix that. The only way you can fix that is wave pools, of course. Yeah, but we but don't want to leave the ocean Yeah, completely. they're boring. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's hard to watch. It it really is at the see start. That, like the ocean is exciting. You know, it's the ocean exciting. Is it's unpredictable. Exciting. And um, but surfing is changing, and I think they need to figure something out for more sponsors to be involved in yeah. because there's not much to grow it. Surfing yeah, to, to grow, grow it for sure. Like 
What was your take on surfing going to the Olympics? Because you would have been there with Italy, wouldn't you? That'd have been. Um, were you going to go? Or well, was it's not official for me to go yet because basically last year I had to qual like for me to qualify, I had to finish on you know do the whole tour. And since last year I missed six events, I wasn't able to qualify through the tour. But I have one last chance to qualify at the ISA whenever that will be. Is that is um, that something you want to do? Super exciting. I think for um, I think it's great for surfing to reach a bigger audience. Yeah. Um, I think it's huge to reach a bigger yeah. audience. That's huge. It's um, Japan. It's a bit. It's a bit tough because Japan the <laughs> are going to be pretty shitty. Yeah, like what he's um, trying to say well, with that but, two week window. But yeah. listen to this: in twenty twenty four, Tahiti, Tahiti. That's going to yeah. be the best. Chubs. That's going to be like wow. snowboarding yeah. in the Winter yeah. Olympics. Yeah. You know, it's brought back to exciting. Yeah. I think yeah. it's going to be exciting. But they're well, going to give how many? How many starters does Italy get? None unless you qualify. Yeah, it's yeah. only twenty surfers, so yeah. you have to qualify. So you have to be in yeah. the top twenty so in the world at that point. Your country. Yeah. Well, well it just because be it's two per country maximum. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, it's a bit tough. So last year they only took ten from the CT. Yeah. Um, from each country, like so Kelly two Brazilians, two Americans. Kelly didn't go, so it's a bit tough. But so it'll be Leo and Leo. They, they should have. I think they should have had a bit more people. It's unfair that they haven't. They haven't had more enough than people 20. because. Not every best surfer in the world is going to get to go. Like yeah, yeah. Philippe, Philippe Toledo. Yeah, Philippe. Philippe Toledo is not going to the Olympics. What the hell is in you know Japan? Italo and Gabriel. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, right. Conrad right. Vaughan made a good point though. Like, and I, as a punter watching, I'd love so this, to see a surf we had Vaughan Blakey on. Vaughan Blakey came on Ronnie's brother, and he spoke about like a surf tag. Now I know you can't have so many a team people. event. A team event. Yeah. Would you? I know Italy, that'd be tough for Italy. Vaughan, but Vaughan's view was that he thought that the uh, that the Olympics missed or, or surfing missed an opportunity to take surfing to the Olympics as a team event, opposed to an individual. But how do you event. do that with every country? Yeah, it's hard like, to do. Yeah, even five yeah. countries that can even, yeah, Maybe an individual and a team. Could you'd, you be, do that? you'd be surfing yeah. five times. Yeah, as a team <laughs> event. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm just maybe I'm off for the pixies. The way know. WSL, you know, they want to grow the sport, and I think growing the sport, you look at it, you got to get a bigger audience. Yeah, bigger audience is getting surfers from every part of the world to in, get into it. In as yeah. well. the best ways. In the best, in the best ways, of course. Yeah. That's what they have to focus yeah. on. But you also need the best surfers in the world because. Um, Another Australian is not going to get a bigger Australian audience. Yeah. But a new Italian, a new Portuguese, Kanoa surfing for Japan, yeah. um, that's going to bring a new audience. New and that's audience. what they, you know, MotoGP, I'm a good friend with the head general manager of the MotoGP. He literally pays for athletes outside of like, you know, Spain, Italy, who are known for that sport to come and compete and race in their sport, gives them a bike makes them travel, pays them so that there's a bigger audience and that's how you also grow a sport. They're and not going to, I don't think they're going to get anywhere near Marquez, are they? He's just, yeah, no, he's no, just no a freak. Yeah, he's a freak. Do you know, do you, like, do you, I follow, you yeah. follow. I'm a big Valentino yeah. Rossi fan. Look at my number. <laughs> I have a 46 on my shirt. What do you think of Marquez, eh? He's just, he's, he's, he's aggressive. He's, yeah. he's the Gabriel Medina of surfing. He's he aggressive. is, eh? He doesn't give a yeah, he he'll it. run you over if he has to. Yeah, that's that's sick. I, I, it should be a lot more of that in surfing. Like, <laughs> you know, like in footy, even when you watch, like, they make some calls and players start to fight and stuff. I think there should be a lot more of that in surfing. Like, yeah, so smacking like, your board over Gabriel's head and that sort of yeah. stuff. <laughs> well, but like even in the water, like 
uh, it sells. When it, you see some <laughs> stuff, like remember when Zeke paddled around John John or did those things in John yeah. John, they were writing him off. Like it's exciting. Like fuck. Yeah, it's drama. Win, it's drama. It's time. drama. And to win, I'll do anything. If I have to run you over to win a heat, I'll run you over. No, like no worries. You it's know? it's funny now. Uh, yeah. Our biggest NRL games are the state of origin. It's Queensland versus yeah, New yeah. South Wales. Oh, it's nice, and they yeah. advertise like a lot of the 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 G up or the the amp up shows uh, of of all the old fights. And they're yeah. not allowed to do it. Like, so their best stuff is all the old stuff. They promote was, it via the fights. They, yeah. yeah, they promote it via the fights and the violence. And, and of course, the, violence, it's another thing. You I don't know. want to bring it to violence. But they're not allowed to but do it. But you want to bring it, you want that passion to come yeah. in. Yeah. It's you just, see the Brazilians, they got that passion. Yeah. And some, fuck, it's sick. Mate, you should, everyone says around here how polite, how well mannered, how humble you are, and especially in the water. So, how do you switch from. Like being just a good bloke out there to getting in competition mode where I'm gonna I'm gonna it's, bloody do anything I can to beat it's you. It's quite easy. It's um it's <laughs> what I've been brought up. It's what I've been brought up to from my family. Um, to be respectful, and um, the education I've had from my mom, from my you know parents, from my family. That's really what's you know they've t- taught me a lot about respect and being respectful and and polite, and that's the main thing. And there's moments that you have to be that way. In a heat, you don't have to be polite. You don't have to be respectful. None of that. And Everybody will understand It's game that. on. Game but on, in the water, go. if you're coming to Lennox Head and there's all the locals, of course you have to be respectful. And I understand why sometimes, and a lot of times, the locals drop in on just um, random guys that come from the Gold Coast or anywhere and just like think they're the shit or whatever. And I totally understand that. Like, you need a Curtis. You need a regulator out there. <laughs> because otherwise it becomes a shit show. Yeah. And, but um, I'm happy they say that because I really want to... Of course, I want to come out and get waves. Nobody <laughs> can tell you that I get waves, <laughs> but I want to um, be respectful and. You don't um, have to what you don't want to have to go anywhere and worry about what's going to happen when you go surfing because that's what you love to do. Yeah, exactly. And, so if and you can be respectful at the start, you generally for get sure. looked after. It's in the long run. I think even when they on surfers come to my home break, like whether yeah. it's in France or in Italy, like if you're respectful, no worries. Yeah, you, you'll eventually you get, wave, yeah, you'll get, you your get for your waves, no worries. And yeah. that's how surfing should be. And, yeah. um, and then, like you said, when you get into competition, that's not, but that's the same thing as um, any other sport. You see the, you know, you see a player doing interviews. He seems very polite, respectful, very well-spoken. You see him out there. He's just punching people and yeah. getting in there. That's and, true. um, and that's that. That's great. That's the good thing. About we got surfing. a good look at that. I reckon. I don't know. If you, it sounds like you follow a little bit of tennis, the Labor Cup. I don't know if you ever saw. Um, I think it was Dominic Team or or one of those guys going out for a match in the Labor Cup, the European side. Yep. And Nadal and and Federer were walking him out. That's right. They were and they're like, yeah. you don't fucking swear. You don't show any fucking emotion. You fucking just play your shot. Don't worry about your mistakes. They were like, you could see how they were trying to get him amped. And you never see that because you never see those behind the scenes as they're walking yeah, out of the tunnel. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, it was sick. Like, just just to, just to see how they actually are when they switch on. Because when you sit, hear them talk, they're quite quite mellow, quite polite. Yeah, it has to be that way. Um, there's so many surfers like that, like Mick Fanning. Yeah. He's such a very well, you know, respectful spoken guy, and he gets out there and he's a, he's a beast. He <laughs> doesn't talk to you, shuts you down. And then, and I think that's one thing that. Um, a lot of the Brazilian surfers have to bring that in a bit more. Um, they're very passionate, but they're always passionate. Yeah. Where they should, in the water, like, if you snake me in a heat, I don't care. But as long as, like, yeah. you're more respectful, like, on land and everything, and sometimes... Pick your time. Um, yeah, and then I think the 
sometimes like with them the language barrier too is up it's a bit, it's a bit tough for them. they can't understand fuck you or yeah. so, so <laughs> we, we can we, we can see over the period of the podcast the italian blood coming out in you yeah. which is which is fantastic and this is where we enter the probably the uh, the funnest part of the podcast so we call it barnsey's ball bag question so condo barnsey and woody get to ask some a couple of random questions and uh we're, uh, we're, we've had some interesting responses. So, um, Barnsley, you're first off, first off tonight. Well, mate, as you can see, I'm very well dressed today. I've um, put on my greatest Peter Wynn score and uh, blazer <laughs> of some description. I the believe I wore to a wedding at some period. But um, the yellow shirt too. Does it go? Do you reckon? I'll, how do I? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. got. Now that you opened it up, the logo's blue, so it goes. Yeah. Yeah. It'll work. It matches. Yeah. You can tell Pete. He can put out some Gucci gear. Yeah. If you don't score here, you'll never score. <laughs> so, Wynn. mate, we've got some. We got some. Well. Name our sponsors quickly because I think they tie in really nicely with some of his. They're yeah. probably similar level. Similar level. We've got Bareback Biltong. So <laughs> I don't know if you remember Fisher started off as Bareback DJs, but anyway, similar sort of name, but they, they make beef jerky. And then it's we pretty got, damn good. I've been having it. Yeah. It's good. And Peter Wynn's score, it's, a, it's the NRL or a footy shop, sports oh, store in Parramatta. He's my father-in-law, so Pete, we love you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Skull Keen here, so we're killing it. But, mate, yeah, tell, us about, tell us about some of your sponsors because I don't know any uh, sportsmen that I know that are sponsored by Gucci, Tag Heuer, and uh, Red, Red Bull. Bull and <laughs> every bloody other thing under the sun. But, mate, well, I want to know the best sponsor junket you've ever been on, like with models around or anything. What is the greatest thing you've ever done? Tag Heuer was only a one, one-year thing a couple of years ago because now I actually have Gucci's watches. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry. Sorry about that, Larry. Gucci watches. He brought in four, four, four Gucci watches in tonight. For us. <laughs> Where's mine? <laughs> You'll get it later. You'll get it in the mail. So, so right. best sponsors do that you've, you've, that you've been involved uh, I mean, the Gucci fashion shows are f- incredible. Oh, oh. Where, in Milan? Huh? In, in Milan? In Milan, oh, yeah, in Milan. Shit, they're that incredible. Must be, and the way, um, it's incredible because you got, like, the first one that I got invited to in 2017, I showed up dressed pretty, like, pretty plain, like, jeans, like, pretty black. You know, I was, like, you know, pretty, um, pretty plain. If you saw the last fashion show that I went to, I was dressed up crazy. And that's how it is because the show, you got to, like, at the fashion show, you got to dress up like crazy. you got to wear whatever you want. Because you go there, you see guys dressed as girls. You see everything. <laughs> you see everything, and it's exciting. Woody. I, man, get me in a pink leopard it's, suit with the fucking blonde afro. It's freaking I'd exciting, and it's cool to see that nobody cares of what you look like. They, they all have their own style. And I guess it's a bit like surfing. Everybody yeah. has their own style but in, the, in the water, but this is a completely different style. You see everything, and... Um, Must be a fun after party. Or, after or parties t- are yeah. pretty sick, yeah. They're pretty How excited. did the Gucci like, sponsorship I was at one after enter. party with ASAP Rocky one time. Wow. Um, last time I was having dinner with Gucci Mane. Obviously <laughs> not with him, but he was right next to us. Gucci Mane, ASAP Rocky. Like, just, turn, just looking back going... Is that Gucci, man? What's you should have sent him over a bottle of a bottle of John Perignon or whatever it is. <laughs> John Perignon. John. John Perry. <laughs> lucky, I, lucky I wasn't there to order it for you. John Perry. <laughs> Check this out. Holy <laughs> shit! Oh. All right, Leo. I'm just gonna. Can you describe, describe it? Describe, describe it. Dress at the uh, at the Gucci fashion. Okay, parade, so he's got a mustard. Sort of a mustard-lined turtleneck on. The turtleneck. With, with, a hair, with a hairstyle, like a straight hairstyle. I've, I don't know if he's ever fucking had straight hair. He looks like yeah, it's pretty, yeah. That looks like a wig condo would wear. Uh, yeah. And, and some orange, like full Austin Powers orange sunnies and a velvet blue jacket. 
Fuck Is it all Gucci yeah. gear? Check that one out with some corduroy or like plaited plants whole, and a Gucci belt. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know who his mates are, but <laughs> they, they are. They? <laughs> it's fashion. <laughs> it's fashion. It's not even fashion. It's fashion. He's like a Korean. He's a Korean. Um, the one in the middle, a parkour. He does parkour. Holy <laughs> shit! The other one's a, ro- a Japanese rock star. <laughs> Mate, you get that gear on, you can basically be anyone and do anything. So, Woody, uh, your ball bag question. My ball bag question, mate, I ask it every week, is who you'd have at dinner, any sportsman, dead or alive, you can pick three people to have a feed with. Who are you going to invite? Oof, that's a tough one. All right, I'll go um, Cristiano Ronaldo. Sick, oh, yeah. sick. Well, I don't think we've had him yet. He's no, a good we haven't had him, we haven't had him yet. Yeah, that's Cristiano a good one. Ronaldo. Um, Tiger Woods. Yeah, we've had him. He's a, he's a frequent. Yep. Tiger Woods and a third one. Serena Williams. Sick. Serena. Serena. We haven't had Serena. There you go. A big tennis Serena. fan? Yeah, I love tennis. Yeah, I've been playing heaps of tennis lately. Really? Yeah. And it'd be cool to mix it all up. Imagine yeah. the conversation. Yeah. I feel like I couldn't talk with them, though. They'd just be talking between themselves, <laughs> between each other, because it's such freaking. Have legends. you gone to watch any like Series A games? Like, have you seen Juventus play? Or I've any? seen, yeah, the Serie A. I've watched yeah. plenty of soccer games. Who's your team, mate? Um, Is it I watched or? the incredible. Um, I, watched, I was at the World Cup final in 2018 oh, in Russia. No way. Because Kanoa, so he has a deal with Visa. Fuck. So they invited us, invited him over, and he, um, he's like, take a friend. I'm like, I'll, I'll come because I'm a <laughs> soccer fan. I'm a, I grew up watching soccer, right? And the France, final was incredible. France went off. Oh, eh? my God. That final, that stadium was like another vibe. Like, pfft. It was another vibe. It was crazy. Had you been to Russia before that? Never like, been to Russia. I heard Moscow is sick fun. Yeah, sick. Incredible. Everything was incredible from um, eating there to the after party, which was crazy, yeah. to it was incredible. Was Croatia the runner-up? Was Croatia, right? Croatia, yeah. yeah. The stadium was 75% Croatians. Just and going. they were loud and yeah. they were ripping in. The French held it because they were getting smet like, yeah. like the crowd was just like all for Croatia. Who did you? Who who played the best? Who who got best on ground in that in that game? Modric. Modric. Oh, yeah. Okay, mate. Okay. How good he had a great World Cup. Yeah. Croatia yeah. were oh, Croatia's got five million people, mate, and they yeah. make a World Cup soccer final. It's well, ridiculous. He had the, sorry, he was man of the World Cup. World Cup. Yeah. yeah, that game either Griezmann or oh, Pogba. I'm not Pogba sure was exactly. going. Yeah. Pogba, Pogba played, but yeah, he was good. Eh? Yeah, he was. But they, they, that whole, that whole French team, but there's so yeah. many good players. In that, that was French. incredible. Yeah. yeah, and the way they played together, like the way they played together, was. The last time they were in the final was against us in uh, 2006. Yeah. Yes, yeah, that's Italy. right. Yeah, got red carded. Yeah, well, yeah. Zidane got red carded, yeah. Crazy. So, uh, so Kondo's ball bag question. Um, so this is part one of, uh, of the Leo Fiovanti uh, interview because we'll bring you back after you crown yourself as world number one. Um, hopefully in a couple of years when you're back here visiting your joint that you've bought at Watergate. Um, <laughs> he bought the lighthouse. <laughs> yeah, the lighthouse, yeah. So my question is, when you win your first CT, talk us through your acceptance speech. I can't do a speech before I actually win one. That's a bit of a tough one, but... Okay, well, talk us through. Talk, we'll make it easier. Talk us... Who are the, who are the five, five people that have had the most influence on Leo to get to the top, oh, when you get to sure. the top? Um, uh, I'll have to go my family... Because you can't name one in my family. It's all. It's been incredible to have them, um, part of me. Between Billy, my brother, my mom, they've just given me so much. Uh, um, there's a, there's so many people between 
my coaches, my training. It's, it's a hard one because you can't think five people. You can't think um, one person. It's, it's all like around the team. And um, it's, I think when you reach such a big uh, win, it's a teamwork. Even surfing is a very individual sport. It's a team sport. But I think when I get to that, uh, to, to, when I get that win, I think it'll just be a thank you speech. A thank you to everyone that's believed in me, from my sponsors, from my family, um, you know, everyone who's behind me, and uh, very grateful to whoever supported me along the way. Well, Leo, it's been a pleasure having you in this afternoon, and we do look forward to uh, listening to that speech when you win your first C2. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Leo. Thanks, Mike. Thank you, Matt. Thank you guys Unreal. so much for having me.